thank you very much for joining us this morning. My name is Ali Craft. Um, I'm an associate director at BECG. Um, so thank you for joining us this morning, Steve. Really appreciate your attendance. Um, and we're looking forward to uh, the session. Um, Steve's been leader of um, Lonneborough Hounslow since 2014, uh, following an election that took the borough from a marginal authority into solid Labour control, uh, which remains to this day. On cabinet, he holds the role of planning and regen, emphasising the priority he places on transforming the borough through good regeneration. Uh, Steve, I hope you won't mind me describing you as straight talking. Um, you come out of yeah. a meeting with him knowing exactly what you think about a scheme, which is uh, incredibly helpful, I think, for all concerned. And I'm looking forward to an equally straight talking approach uh, this morning. All right, so the way it's going to work uh, is uh, Steve is going to spend uh, 15 minutes talking uh, about his priorities, which is this occasion being more like a podcast, um, which is incredibly fashionable these days, so uh, no bad thing. Um, so talking about his priorities for development in Hounslow, what he expects from potential investments, investors in his borough. Um, without further ado, Steve, the floor is yours. Thanks very much, Ali, and it's a real pleasure to be here this morning. Um, I'm surprised you didn't mention the intro about Brentford winning on Saturday, uh, and now we've got a Premiership Football Club and a Premiership Rugby Club in the heart of Brentford and Hounslow. So that is a real big thing for, for, for the borough and um, cannot be under, uh, underestimated how important it is economically for driving the borough forward, especially in light of COVID and the, uh, lots of jobs, massive loss of jobs because of the decline in the airline industry. And, uh, and another straight talking point, it's not my Surface Pro not, not, not working, it's this um, software. Nothing to do with me at my end, I can assure you. So I got up early this morning, have a shave, put a, a shirt on, all to no avail, and it's, it's been wasted. So I know Steve Norris is on the call and does, so you can't see my lovely chiseled features this morning. Oh, apologies for that. So um, the question about um, development, as we move into the election year for London Councils in May May 2022, is quite a quite a challenging one. Um, I think people's certainly my residents' attitude to planning is as hardened in their in in their opposition that they feel that there's not enough open space, uh, there's not enough transport links, there aren't enough schools, uh, and even some of my members are not they can't make the connection between good development, sustainable development and infrastructure as if the council is responsible for the infrastructure for every development. Of course it's not and we've got to work with TfL, we've got to work with education, we've got to work with health and all those things that support good sustainable development. So I think there's some real challenges over the next 12 months with, with, with further developments coming on stream right across London, not just in Hounslow. And it's something that, you know, I talk to Darren Rodwell about regularly, about how we um, ensure that we get really good exemplars, sustainable, I know they're just words, developments that people can buy into and they can see themselves as part of that development. And I think that's one of the biggest challenges over the next 12, 12 months is convincing our residents and our members on the planning committee that, that this is right for Hounslow. But, I think we've got a good track record on that. Um, we've just passed the Barker Group development up at Osterley, that's nearly 2,000 units. So phase one had a detailed planning, second application on the Tesco site. It, it, so so the home-based site got the 
permission and outline for, for the Tesco site. So a massive development um, that's got approval at the moment, but very strong opposition, over 4,000 people um, signed a petition uh, against that development. Uh, and they did that after we gave it planning permission, so it's gone to the mayor. So we'll see what happens there. But there is, I think, generally a pushback during COVID uh, and I've brought that forward around development and its sustainability. I think we're the eighth or ninth greenest borough in London, so we've got plenty of green spaces. Um, we, we've carried out a green belt review, and we think we've got between seven and nine percent of our green belt or MOL doesn't meet the criteria. So we're going to be talking to the mayor about that, and we all know his views about uh, building on green belt or MOL. But um, I think you have to take a pragmatic look at uh, the green belt and MOL and, and to see whether it's fit for purpose. And if it's not, then it doesn't meet the criteria. Therefore, it's not green belt. So it should be up for, for development. So um, there's a lot going on in, in house, though, as there are in other boroughs. Uh, and I'm very keen, we're politically very keen that we carry on at pace to get as many developments through or start developments start that planning process um, and I've just been talking to the people who own the um, Treaty Centre which has got a Debenhams in there, well we did have a Debenhams in the Household Centre and we're talking about master planning that as well and how important it is to get that off the ground now and not wait too long. Um, we've got the, the Barrett development, um, we were going to the uh, groundbreaking, no the topping up for phase one last week, but because of the so-called, uh, it wasn't safe to come in and out of Hounslow debacle last week, that was postponed. So there's still a lot going on um, with development. We're working with uh, Inland Homes uh, on the barracks site in Hounslow, that's coming forward. So there's enormous big sites coming forward. Um, and then we've got uh, in the west of the borough, which has been I think neglected recently over the last certainly 10 or 15 years in Feltham Town Centre we've got our master plan is identifying 9,000 units there over the next five to ten years so again a massive opportunity for development in that part of, of the borough. So a lot going on in, in, in Hounslow. Um, I think it's interesting with the, the planning white paper what that means for uh, development. I'm not a fan of permitted development. Uh, I'm certainly not a fan of uh, swapping office blocks into, into homes. I, I don't think it works. Uh, certainly on the Golden Mile, that's between Chiswick Roundabout and um, Bush Corner. There's some stuff there that's been converted. It, it's not getting off the shelf. Um, and, and I don't think that location's fit, fit for that type of accommodation, but um, Obviously, people think, you know, the industry sometimes thinks otherwise. But, um, and, and there, you know, we, uh, EcoWorld is just finishing off the nine, 900 units uh, associated with, with the new um, football stadium. Uh, so that's changing things down there. And Ballymore are well underway building out on uh, Brentford High Street. So, an almost, and I think that enormous amount of work, but enormous amount of commitment since 2010 by the council when it came back into power to ensure that we build homes for people and, and we attract business and development. Um, we had a commitment in 2014 to support the building of 5,000 portable homes. 
we're going to probably be about 700 short on that but we've we will exceed on our other commitment to build 1000 council homes so i think by the end of uh, this administration in may 2022 we'll be up to about 1300 council homes that we've built ourselves with partners so you know that's that's really good uh, and it just shows our commitment to to development um i think uh it's been difficult working um and supporting the mayor's ambition and the government's ambition because i think the it, getting back to infrastructure people are really concerned about infrastructure and they're now concerned about having uh, green space to use as part of their home if they're in a flat it's access to that good public round that good green space it's making sure that um, we've got the right schools in the right place we've had three schools open uh, one the final one coming up uh, this september actually uh, as part of the um development Ostley, where we put uh, two schools two brand new schools which providing uh, students for nearly 3,000 students. One of those is in working in partnership with B-Sky B. So that, that, that's an important uh, development. So there is that, that link, but pe people don't see that link between, between infrastructure and new housing development. There's also this feeling, uh, and it's very nimbyism about um, people think the flats are just for someone else and they've been sold up abroad and people just buy them and then rent them out so that, that that's a real worry for residents um one of the i'm jumping about it, it's really disconcerting not being able to see anyone um the other thing i, I noticed that the uh, construction costs are starting to creep up travis perkins announced i think it was this week or last week that they, they see a significant rise in the price of concrete and plaster etc up to 15 to 20 percent so we're, we're keeping very close eye on costs certainly for our builds uh, what we're doing in, in in on behalf of the council and i'm sure this will ripple through to to uh, the main builders and developers already committed to um to, to hounslow and we haven't been in discussions with those developers around costs um and, and then the other i think the other thorny one for us at the moment is um not the old viability argument but it's about shared ownership so we brought some shared ownership blocks uh that came up uh via housing associations um and we put them straight into our uh, hra uh that worked really well for us because the cost was good or sorry the price was good and because of the grant we get so I don't think people are in love with shared ownership at the moment. When I talk to residents, it's not the first on their mind. Um, and they're worried about um, shared ownership. So um, ensuring you've got the right mix of tenure is really important. And certainly the planning committee in Hounslow likes to see 40%, if not 50% of affordable. And we would like to see the ratio of shared ownership, you know, 70-30, so 70 other 10 years and 30 shared ownership. That's the sort of numbers we're talking about at the moment, which I know is, uh, again, challenging for, for, for the market. So uh, it's been a difficult year for everyone. I think 
most of our major developers and contractors were put back eight weeks to, uh, to 12 weeks because of COVID. They got, you know, with their reduced workforces on site, but everything's picking up again. Um, and I would, I suppose there's the air of caution just because of the election and people's reaction. And uh, there's still an enormous amount of pressure, certainly on the outer London boroughs to build more. Uh, and certainly there's a commitment politically in Hounslow to, to do that despite you know the pushback from residents. If it's the right development um, that meets our carbon targets, um, that meets our aspirations as far as sustainable development, the green development, I'm not sure what that means, but we, we have to be really mindful of, of that. Um, I, I think, oh, well, I would, I would say Hounslow is a good place to come and do business. Um, so they're, they're just some of the challenges facing us in at Hounslow at the moment. But I think a lot of the things I've talked about, I've talked about, will be similar problems in other boroughs in in London. And as and as you all know, Labour boroughs generally build more than the other parties. So um, we're committed to do that, and we're working on our manifesto now. Uh, getting that ready for, for May 2022 and development and house building will be a cornerstone of that uh, new new commitment to the residents and it's what's got us elected um, overwhelmingly um, in 2014 and 2018. You know th there is that silent majority out there who want to live in a nice environment, who want to have good schools, who want to have good public transport and um, as my mum used to say, empty vessels make the most sound. So there's always a, it's the minority of people against development that make the most noise. And it's that silent majority who don't want to get engaged, but want that development. And I think that's why we've been re-elected overwhelmingly uh, in, in the last two elections. Ali, I'll, I'll, I'll stop there if that's all right. That's great. Thanks, Stephen. And I, I appreciate how uh, disconcerting it is to talk into the void. Um, so um, we'll be used to this, but it's still a bit of a weird thing. I'd much rather do this in person. Hopefully, soon that will be possible. But it was really, really useful. Um, you talked to both about your impressive record of um, building uh, council homes and also the borough's view on shared ownership as an intermediate product. Um, last yeah. week, the government was talking about uh, first homes and the desire to bring. Um, uh, uh, discount market sale homes in perpetuity forward as a, as a big part of the housing mix. What do you think your initial view is of that of that um, product, and do you see that as taking over from shared ownership, or 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 a bit more of the of the of the social rent product? Yeah, I, I think it's too early to say, and you know, I think the market will dictate what they think about that new product. People are much more canny about how they spend their money now. And if you're going to have to put a big deposit down, you want to be made sure it's the right product for you. Uh, oh, I don't know the answer to that, actually, Ali. I think I was waiting to and look at the detail. It's a, the devil in the detail again. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I guess the issue you mentioned briefly was, was Heathrow and, and the impact on the reduction in people flying to the economy of Hounslow, clearly you know, a huge employer, particularly in the west of the borough. Um, and I know that it's a controversial, you know, heater expansion is a controversial issue in Hounslow and a lot of people to the west of the borough who see more 
with the benefit of employment are very much in favour and those people uh, to the east or Chiswick and area that only have sort of issues of the fly park are more concerned about it. Um, what, what's your view about, I mean, again, you know, time will tell about whether the whether COVID has an impact on um, whether that third run rate goes ahead or not. But I just thought it'd be useful just to sort of play out a bit more what you've seen uh, in Hounslow as a result of that yeah. employment challenge with the downturn in the airline industry over the last um, year or so. Yeah, um, just a coincidence, John Holland Kane, who's the chief executive of Heathrow Airport, he and I started uh, work on, this, on the same day and um, we, we had a conversation on the same day. Um, uh, and I'm very supportive of um, Heathrow Airport uh, that provides thousands upon thousands of jobs. And that there is the, the obviously the perennial argument about uh, the negative side of Heathrow. But uh, again, talking straight to you, lots of the people who complain about um, aircraft noise and worry about pollution, those people in Chiswick and Richmond, are the same people that fly out of Heathrow all of the time. And, and they want the best for both worlds. You know, they want to go be able to fly there for business, on there for business, and go for their two, you know, their skiing holiday and their summer break. Um, we've got a lot of interference on. I don't know if you could hear it, Ali. Yeah, I can hear that. So I, I, I can hear you fine. All right. Okay. So we have a really positive working relationship with um, John and his team, and we 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 meet quarterly. He understands the predicament we're in. The borough split, so we've got Belton and Heston, where thousands and thousands of people have, have a connection to Heathrow uh, in the west of the borough, and less so, less so as you move west, other side of Hounslow into Brentford, Isleworth, and then Chiswick. But it, it, you know, it permeates everywhere Heathrow, and I see that as a good thing. I think that they're the country's leader on. Uh, biodiversity in the industry that, that they we're using them uh, well we, we're going to see them because we've got to green the borough as well so we, we're talking to them about how they've done it for their industry and what are the good things we can learn from Heathrow around electrification of their fleet etc just as an mm. example so they, they've been leading the way around uh, reducing their carbon footprint improving air quality um, and we will continue that really positive relationship with them. I think the third runway, who knows? You know, Boris said he would lie in front of it, didn't he? Unfortunately, that didn't happen. Um, um, so who knows where it is? You know, that, that they won the high court position and it'll have to be looked at. You know, we still haven't seen the real effects of Brexit. Um, we don't know what that means as far as trade's concerned with the rest of the world, how it will affect us longer term. And, you know, we have to have a hub airport. We've got to be able to reach all destinations in the world from, you know, our capital city. And so I, I, I think that whether the third runway gets built or not in the next 10 years is up for grabs. But certainly we need to ensure that Heathrow rise and develops and becomes greener and more sustainable. Of course, everyone would want that. So we've got to sort out surface traffic. We've got to improve access by public transport to Heathrow. And we've got to sort out how staff get to Heathrow. 
because that's what one of the biggest polluters is cars driving to their massive staff car parks so because there isn't good public transport infrastructure to support them 24 7. Mm -hmm. so there's a th th there's a lot to do but so i see is a really positive relationship and we've got 18,000 small businesses smes in, in house a very thriving chamber of commerce in hounslow again they have a very good working relationship with us and Heathrow. so and the supply chain is really important to us uh, and, and and you know we press john hard about paying the london living wage we do we don't just say it like some boroughs, we actually do it and we do it for our third party contracts, uh, contractors. And we set up our own companies and we brought in the, all of the outsourced services that have all been brought back in either directly into the council or into uh, Lantern 360, which is our, our company, Golden Chair company. Mm -hmm. So um, we're really investing back into, into the borough. We've just launched our new procurement uh, route. So anyone who spends any money on behalf of the council their default position it has to be spent locally and we're calling, calling that the Hounslow pound and we're encouraging we've got um, great support from business in Hounslow in doing that because again that supports our our supply chain and our, and our high streets okay well linked to that um you mentioned um that, that historically there's a lack of there's a lack of investment in the west of our cells and area and so on um what what are you doing uh, what the council doing and what are you what are you looking for from potential investor partners in 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 um uh, leveling up if you will uh, to use a, a irritating phrase within within the borough itself yeah well i, I think we we put all the building blocks excuse the pun in, in place for that now so we're we're working with our partners eco world in the development um the new road triangle about 200 plus units that we're working with them on that'll go to planning uh, in the next few weeks um fairview um i built a, a block there just finishing off in belton town center uh, we've just extended and, and improved the station um with network rail has uh, and we've taken out the crossing that dangerous crossing there so and just to give you an example what we've what you know we've just invested about four hundred thousand in doing up the the pond and the green in felton town center so it's looking really good now so we're very keen that people come to um to, to felton and surrounding areas uh, for development as i say it's in the local plan for nine thousand units you've got the ministry of defense site there and something's got to happen with felton uh, young offenders at some point um yeah. The government hasn't decided what it's going to do with that. Is it going to stay? Is it going to be rebuilt? There was there was talk a couple of years ago um, to turn it into supermax prison. So we obviously wrote to the minister and said absolutely not. We won't support that. Feltham, I think, because of the young offenders, um, uh, has a, a a bad name in that sense. It's it's a, not a bad name, a, ch a challenging name because people associate Felton with, with, with the um, people in the, the prison there. Whereas if you look at Greenwich, if you said Belmarsh, you, you don't associate that with the Royal Borough of Greenwich, do you? So the name synonymous, somewhere it's not got good reputations. So we need to change the, the reputation of, of Felton. Um, there's plenty of development going on there and, and we'll be very supportive of it. 
Okay, great. Um, I think at this point, um, I'll bring Kay back in because uh, I know we've got a number of questions uh, from the audience and I want to use as much time as I can for those. Um, please feel free to keep on sending your questions in um, using the, the question bubble um, and we'll, um, we'll get to as many as we can. But Kate, do you want to take over? Yeah, of course. Um, so the first one we've had in is asking how the council will ensure that housing development comes forward on their own estate. So such as the estate regeneration programme and in particular the Waterman site, which was granted permission in March. Yeah, that's a that's a, a difficult one. It's been um, something we haven't been able to crack yet. So we're, we're, we're talking to um, London Green Topland. We will be in the next few weeks uh, after the, the minister's decision to allow the planning permission. But we've already um, started on our um, estate regeneration. So we, we look at a small estate in my ward actually in Brentford, although I'm the Zion Ward Councillor, and that's Charlton House and Ormley Parade. It's opposite McDonald's if people have ever driven through. So we got 84% um, in, the, in the residence ballot in favour of development. So that's really significant number. So we will be, hope to go to planning for that uh, by the end of the year. And then we're, we're well underway with the um, residence consultation and ballot uh, 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 in Heston, uh, which is about seven, 800 units. So um, that's kind of a way. So uh, we're committed to regeneration of our, our council estates. Uh, we've taken th this first step with that and it's been, so far it's been really well received by the, the, not only the tenants, but the wider community. Um, so, so, so that's going really well. And we're as part of the Ballymore site, we're building, uh, and that went to Wilmot Dixon, uh, and they'll start building out at the end of the year. And that's for 90 units on the corner of the Ballymore site in, in the town centre. So we're absolutely committed to uh, the regeneration of our service. That's, that's a difficult one to try and meet everyone's um, wish list. Um, I would really dearly love to get that off the ground uh, again and, and get moving with it. Um, and then we've got LNQ, we've got a couple of sites we're, we're talking to them about making, making sure that they go forward. That's on the Morris site. So there's still a lot to play for. And uh, there's another site that's just been sold opposite Morrison um, up, up for development. So there's a lot more to play for, even in the western part, the east of the borough, sorry. Thanks, Kate. Okay, great. Um, and uh, one in from Steve Norris uh, regarding ESG um, and how important this is to Hounslow and if the environmental criteria is on your agenda. Yeah, I mean, the, the environmental um, uh, challenge is really is, is quite tough at the moment. As I say, we, we're committed to um, be carbon neutral by 2030, getting everyone online, sorry, in line to ensure that's what they think about when they're thinking about development. It, it, it's quite difficult and we're not sure about the cost yet and what that looks like um, and how sustainable, you know, we want everything to be sustainable. I'm not sure we all fully understand what that means. You know, it's like green jobs, the green agenda. What does that really mean in, in on the ground for people? How does us promoting that, what does it mean for, for the residents of the borough? 
So we're absolutely committed to that. Great. And then we've had a couple of questions in from Farzan Chaudhry. Um, the first one, what is the council's view on the building safety bill? The building safety bill, sorry. And uh, how do you envisage that this will be implemented? Um, that's a difficult one as well, isn't it? Um, we, we, we were fortunate. We only had one small council block which had ACM cladding. So we did that within a year in the first year after Grenfell. So, uh, but there are other um, sites in the borough where there's significant, um, well, in fact, it's uh, just in Paragon House, which is a, a Notting Hill. Uh, and that's got students in it. It's got private residents as well. And they've had to um, get one out of there. And they're going to make a decision what they're doing it. So, uh, and it's we, we get lots of uh, residents contacting us, asking the council to have a role in, you know, the, the, the cost of the fire safety improvements that they're going to have to foot the bill as well, the, the leaseholders. So that's a big problem for us, although we we, we haven't got much influence other than through our MP to try and get the government to be more sympathetic to leaseholders. But the costs are significant. Um, uh, and how that affects the market and that, I'm not sure yet. Again, this, there are many plates spinning at the moment around environment, fire safety. Okay, and then the next one is on social value and how uh, this is becoming more and more important. Um, so what are the council's social value priorities apart from S106 obligations and how much are they monitored? Um, I think um, 106 and SIL is really uh, important. Um, I think we need to change how we, we need to, certainly in our borough, we need to ensure that when we get significant SIL monies that we have very clear plans of how we spend them and when we're going to spend them. And we put in the infrastructure to allow us to, to do that. I'm, I don't think we've been as good at that as we should have been in the past, but it's something that I think can sweeten the pill for, for residents when they're objecting to things. Uh, that we ensure that the money spent, and we're very clear with the developers where we want to spend that money, and we've got that agreement. And I think most developers I speak to, they want that clarity, that they find that helpful. So be much clearer about the 106 in the seal, how it's spent, why it's spent with local people, will make things certainly better for our, and easier for our residents to understand, but give more confidence to, to the developer, I think. So we we will certainly be paying more attention to 106 and still going forward. Great, thanks, Steve. Um, and on tall buildings, what is the council's view on tall buildings, particularly in Brentford? Uh, now I like tall buildings, <laughs> but I'm not allowed to um, obviously influence policy. So <laughs> we we we've looked at um, if you're in tall tall buildings. So. In Brentford, um, I think we've got like a, a book bookends, so you can. There is some height now, depending on the um, the, the 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 design, the density, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, I think there's an opportunity for more height than we had maybe a few years ago, uh, and you've you've seen that with um, obviously the uh, Waterman's. Um, Objections being overridden by the minister for uh, um, 
queue and for royal palaces. So that, I think that's been helpful. Um, and, and then on the Citroen site as well in Brentford. So there is more height there, I think, with the right design and the right development. Great. And then back to uh, the sustainability agenda. Do you welcome car-free developments in the borough? We do. Um, we've got quite a few. Um, uh, and I think if you've got a really high pretile level, there's the arguments there. Uh, I think one of the problems that people experience is if they're certainly if they're, they're renting, uh, that they they don't understand that they can't have a car. And so the person who's renting them the property doesn't tell them that, of course. And of course, obviously, it doesn't tell them if they're buying it as well. So there's a there's a, there's a problem further on down the chain, I think, around car-free developments, so that people know that the car-free means car-free, and you can't just uh, bump in or, or apply for the CPZ uh, scheme and get uh, and get a permit. So we're we're pretty tight on that. We're um, We've got a small site in Brentford, um, just near the station in Brentford, and we're building our first five eco homes, their, their houses, and it's on a small car park, and it will be car free. But the, the we've had hundreds of objections to that from local people, um, and you know, um, there's always that balance. But my, my view is, I'd rather buy, so I'd rather build houses. But people are not waiting this and worry about where other people are going to park their cars. So we're very supportive of car, car free schemes. And you, you mentioned earlier about master planning some of the town centres. Um, how do you see the future of town centres in Hartford? Um, so we've engaged some consultants to look at all of our main town centres. So that's um, Belton, Hounslow, Brentford, Chiswick. And that works ongoing now. So uh, I think there's been how many reports has there been into town centres? Many, many reports. None, all of them have come up with the similar re recommendations over the last ten years. Uh, that they're, they're, they're too long. Uh, they've got the wrong shops in there, the wrong retail offer. And COVID has, has absolutely changed everything. Um, so we've just lost. Barclays Bank in Brentford High Street. So there are now no more banks in, in Brentford High Street. Uh, Barclays are moving out of Chiswick as well. So they were like the key, key anchor, anchor retail units having banks, etc. That was all gone now. And we've got to completely rethink our high streets in light of COVID and the way people want to work. So we've just converted one of our units in Brentford High Street called Digital Dock. And, and that's a workspace. You can hire it by the hour. So that was the users of Martins had that. So we spent a reasonable amount of money on refurbishing it. So you can buy buy workspace for an hour, two hours, four hours or a day. Uh, so we're encouraging people who may not be that comfortable working from home to come and meet other people who are, are, you know, who prefer to have a bit of company when they're working. And we're hoping that will sort of generate some ideas and people working together and encourage people to use the high street, you know, to buy their lunch instead of staying at home. So we're, we're just trialing that, see what that looks like. And, and if it works, we'll, we'll look to roll that out in, in our other high streets. But that's just one tiny, tiny thing we're doing, I think. Um, 
what happens to our high streets is going to be very interesting in the next few years. I'm not convinced allowing permitted development and changing all these shops into homes uh, is the right thing either. Uh, we've, we've, we've seen that it doesn't look good. It doesn't look good at all. Okay. Right. Uh, yeah, we've had one in from Taryn Singh who's mentioned Cranford and Hounslow West um, and how there's not been much redevelopment or regeneration in these areas. Uh, so what's the council's vision for these areas? Well, um, we've got A2 Dominion of building out on the old um, Morrison site. Uh, that's well underway now and should be ready next year. Uh, and then we're in discussions with TfL on the, the development of Hounslow West Station and Car Park. So, we're, as I say, we're very keen now for development in, in the west of the borough. Uh, and we'll, we'll be very supportive of good de good development. You know, if anyone knows Hounslow West, it's a bit down the hill. It does need some real revitalization and it needs change. And so people want that. So the A2 Dominion, the Barrett site uh, that's coming on stream there as well, that should be planning application, hopefully. Uh, sorry, the uh, A2 Dominion site. You've then got the Barrett site in Hounslow Towns centre and then you've got the barracks redevelopment that's about 1800 units as well and that hopefully that will be coming to planning so all that will link through from Hounslow into Hounslow West and I think you will see a significant change in that part of the borough and then we need that same development and that urgency around Felton. Great um, so we've had one now from Duncan Matthews from Berkeley St Edwards, um, who said it was fantastic to see Brentley go up at the week Brentford, sorry, go up at the weekend. What impacts do you expect Thank to you see from? <laughs> uh, what impacts do you expect to see from this, and how will you capture the benefits as a council? Well, we've already got a meeting in the diary um, with the chief exec and uh, chair of Brentford, uh, Noel, uh, our chief exec and I, uh, for a couple of weeks' time. So. We're very, we've been extremely supportive of that, of the new, the, the development on the new ground. And we were supportive of the football club while it's in um, its old ground in in, in Brentford, Braemar Road. Well, actually, I could just hear the bulldozers working away, uh, knocking down the old ground now, because that's why I live in uh, right by the ground. So I've got to put up with a lot of noise and building for a couple of years. I get, I'll force it on everyone else, and now I've got to, I've got to deal with it as well. But um, it will make a massive, massive difference to the economy of um, of Hounslow and Brentford, and it put it will put the borough on the map. It was very unfortunate, um, I think, last week when the government made these changes to the guidance and put Hounslow on the list with the other uh, towns, cities in 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 the country, as somewhere that you should go in and out of. Um, that had an immediate effect on on business uh, and confidence in the bar with meetings being cancelled, people not willing to come in. Um, um, thank God we've managed to get the government to change the guidance, but it did have a dramatic effect. And so, you know, simple things can have uh, very serious consequences for, for us. So um, Brentford winning, absolutely fantastic for the club and for the fans even better for Hounslow and its economy. It's really going to pick up, I think. I think they, it's worth, it's the most expensive football game in the world, up to 160 million, I think it's worth. 
So I was there with the mayor. We had a great day. It was a fantastic atmosphere. And it, it, it will bring a real buzz to Brentford and Hounslow, a real buzz. And I think uh, we've got the women's Euros coming next year as well to, to Brentford. They've got quarterfinals there. So that's going to make a real difference. And I think, you know, encouragement, um, confidence that, that for, for what I think what developers need and, and like is a borough that's progressive, a borough that's got the political will to drive through um, developments, and is always looking to improve and attract more. Uh, and I hope that's the message I've, I've given out today. Uh, although we've got an election in 12 months, just under, uh, we're, we're going to be carrying on full steam ahead to encourage new development and new growth in the borough. Uh, you know, we, we've taken a knock because of Heathrow, but we're doing a lot around um, supporting our tenants and businesses who've hit hard times, making sure that whatever the, the recovery is works and, and really support those tenants who've lo lost out. And we know through COVID, disproportionately, ethnic minorities, women and men under 25 in the west of the borough have been severely affected. So we, we're, we're doing something about that as well. So, we, we, as I say, we've got a lot of plates spinning at the moment. None are dropping, uh, but there, there's a lot to play for, to use that analogy. Well, that's, uh, that's beautifully summed up, if I may say. It seems like an apt time uh, to leave it. Um, thanks, Steve, for, uh, for, for taking part today. It's a fascinating discussion, um, as straightforward and uh, straight-talking as I uh, uh, set up. So that's uh, fantastic to see. Um, and great that, you know, that you're doing some great work across the borough to encourage developers but you know making it clear to them exactly what you're looking for and to to work with you and for the benefit of the people of Hounslow so uh, thanks very much Steve. Yeah and if anyone uh, wants to just give me a shout please just drop me an email and we'll we'll have a conversation or a meet up happy to do that. So uh, thanks very much tenants and have a good morning.